You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Happy Monday. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Hornets or on Instagram at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for Fan Rag Sports. Com. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. He's been covering the Hornets since they had the NASCAR uniforms on as the Bobcats for AtTheHive.com. David Walker. That's NASCAR. true, Doug. NASCATs. We've watched all these games going back to the NASCATs, and we're going to watch <laughs> all of them moving forward, and then we're going to talk about them. That's what we do. That's right. We've got a great show up ahead. The Hornets get their third straight win against the Mavericks. We will recap a couple of big performances from the best players on the Hornets and some NCAA tournament quickies, plus a preview of tonight's game against the Knicks, including Kimball Walker, close to breaking another franchise record. We'll tell you what it is and how close he is coming up later in the show. But first... On Saturday, the Hornets beat the Mavs 102-98. That's three in a row for the Hornets as they prep to take on the Knicks tonight in Charlotte. Big story here, David, I think. Biggest story was Dwight Howard returning after missing a game because of his 16th technical. He has another monster rebounding game, 23 boards in this one against a depleted Mavericks team. He now has, get this, 53 rebounds in the past two games, the past two games that he's played. For a little context, David, that would account for nearly 25% of Frank Kaminsky's rebounds for the entire season. Interesting. Interesting note. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Doug? It really helps when he plays these teams that, uh, that don't have centers. Uh, because then he can just gobble up all these rebounds. But, I mean, where do you land on this? Because Hold on, like, hold on. <laughs> what? You're just take, you're gonna take a you're just gonna take a bite out of his out of his accomplishment by saying he's playing teams with no centers. No, you're no, just no, gonna no, no, take no, that away. Fifty three. No. I don't care. I don't care who they're playing. Fifty three rebounds. That's a lot. That's a good number of rebounds. It feels like all of them, but there's a few take others that, that he didn't data. get. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just saying uh, he's he's doing what he should do, right? When there's no one else that can keep him off the boards, he's he's dominating. It's it's unfortunate that it's coming this late in the season with, what do we got, nine games to go now, six games back. I was asked last week, can they do the impossible? And, and I said no because it's impossible. But, um, you know, these performances are still – I think they're fun to watch, right? They're fun. Yeah, I, that, well, I was going to ask this question uh, when we got to the Knicks preview, but we can talk mm. about it now. Let's see, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games remaining eight. with an eight and eight games back of five hundred. And uh, no, so um, it, it, is it okay to like celebrate the big performances of Kimball Walker and Dwight Howard in this disappointing season? I think that's the question 
that that you are asking and, yeah. and the question that maybe some Hornets fans are dealing with. Maybe some Hornets fans are disappointed. Like, oh, I don't care about Kemba breaking franchise records because the team isn't making the playoffs. And I'll, who cares about 53 rebounds in two games? The Hornets have no shot at doing anything significant in the postseason. And while I think, I think it's fair to keep expectations high for this team to say, listen, if you're if you're not making the playoffs, that's not good enough. I think that's a healthy thing for a fan base to do. They should hold the franchise's feet to the fire. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not as if the the team is operating from a place where they're not even trying to make the playoffs. That we've talked about this a lot on this show. They executed a plan. And the plan didn't work, but they were trying to make the playoffs. And I think it's still okay to be excited about seeing, because this is where you get into the territory of like taking for granted, like looking back and being like, oh man, we took Kemba Walker for granted. We really didn't like appreciate some of the things that he did at the time because the team wasn't doing very well. I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to look back and have any regret about celebrating what, Kimball Walker did for this franchise. So I'm going to be excited about the records that he's breaking. And and seeing Dwight Howard, the thing about the thing about Dwight Howard is like he's doing these things. I didn't expect him to be this healthy this late in the season. I think that's been the most impressive thing to me. And he mentioned it after the game that he just feels healthy, he feels great, and he's very thankful for that. And and that's what surprised me most about this entire season for Dwight Howard is how healthy he's remained. But it's okay yeah. to celebrate. It's okay to be happy. Listen, man, I, I I agree with you. You have every right to be upset and to hold their feet to the fire as far as making the playoffs and starting to build towards something. At the same time, I think there is a level of sensitivity that is a bit unwarranted. And by that, I mean, you can still say, well, the season didn't go the way we thought it would, but we can still kind of enjoy, have fun, be thankful that there's NBA basketball in this city and that there's two entertaining players, at least uh, putting on historic performances, really. I mean, look at the Knicks, look at uh, teams with much longer history than the Hornets. Somehow they still find a way, you know, to go to the games, have fun, enjoy watching, you know, maybe laugh about it a little bit, but that would be my suggestion for anyone struggling with where this team is right now, you can get down in the dumps. You can be really negative about it if you want to. In the grand scheme of things, this team is out there to, yes, make the playoffs. Yes, start to make noise. Yes, build something. But they're out there to entertain as well. And and I get it. I would just, like you said, enjoy Kemba while you have him. Enjoy some of these big, big performances from Dwight that are eye-popping. And then, you know, you know, see what happens in the offseason. And and I think part of it too, David, is separating the parts from the whole, right? Because Kimball Walker has had a fantastic season despite the team not playing well around him. Dwight Howard has had a fantastic individual season despite maybe the the pieces not all fitting around him quite like they should have. Now, I think a big question for this team is moving forward, can they make those pieces fit? If Nick Batum is healthy for an offseason, can they get those two playing on the same page? Can we see more of Dwight Howard passing out of the post into the corner to Malik Monk for yeah. three? Saw that. You like that. Saw you that like late that, in the game. Huh? I did. I like that. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, can we get more of that? You know, that that's going to be a question for the franchise moving forward. But now he's had a fantastic 
season in terms of just individual play. And, and there are obviously problems with his game. We, you know, his post numbers aren't great, uh, but he has again stayed healthy and and stayed active even when uh, the the season is now void of playoff meaning. And, and I think there's there's also this question, David, of so Dwight's having this fantastic close. Do you believe the Hornets should include, continue to include Howard in in trade discussions to attempt to free up money or hold on to him through next season and just say, listen, we a healthy Howard. They've they've been a little short on bigs. Cody Zeller's still out. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. They can't find bodies to put on the floor, even though Hernan Gomez had has has had some flashes, and I think you see some things. But I. I it's hard for me to put a lot of stock in, especially the young guys right now, uh, extrapolating this performance over the course of an 82 game season. Whereas Dwight, like, I mean, look at him, man. He stayed healthy this whole season. He's been as consistent as anyone on the team. Certainly. I said this, uh, David, David, up. listen to this. He's been a game changer against good teams. Like if you look at victories against uh, Washington back in November, that overtime victory, golden state, Oklahoma City, there's a common thread. When the Hornets have beaten good teams this season, Dwight Howard has played his best basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if if you would t- take his season, look back on it and say, you know, whenever the t- whenever the Hornets played best, Dwight Howard struggled or Dwight Howard, uh, you know, got into foul trouble and and couldn't be on the floor. Then I think you've got some legitimate arguments about is this team sort of completely better off under the circumstance are they completely better off without Dwight Howard you would have an argument but that hasn't been the case now I think again the future of basketball is moving away from Dwight Howard so the future of the Hornets is going to be better off without Dwight Howard but until they free up some cash and or or maybe strike it rich in this draft and are able to take a game-changing center then really this might be their best option for next season yeah, because things clear themselves up a little bit after next season. I mean, they're still going to have some things to deal with. But like I said, given the injury concerns with Cody, given what you have behind him, you know, unsurety of that, it's like, you know, and also, Doug, let's be honest, it, it's going to be tough to move him, I think. Uh, they didn't think they could do it from very, Atlanta. Yes, it's that going to be out. very difficult because the number is is huge. You would have to find a team uh, that that's – I think really what the sweet spot is going to be if they make a trade is finding a team maybe like Phoenix or or a team that maybe uh, that's that's bad right now that that thinks oh we're we're a couple of veteran you know free agent moves away from from moving maybe a return to Orlando who knows they're desperate to win uh, so I mean I think there are going to be options out there especially around the draft to make something happen. And uh, I think the Hornets will will have to sort of evaluate again. They're going to have to take into the to account. You know, could we move the ball well enough this season when Dwight Howard was on the floor? But at the same time, they have to look and say, can we replace that game changing ability that he had in some of these games against good teams? Again, you're weighing these things. That's mm-hmm. it's not black and white with with Dwight Howard. It is no. it is a mushy gray area of like good stuff and bad stuff that you really got to think about as as you you prep your franchise's future. Got to take a short pause, David, and we'll come back and we'll get more thoughts on Dwight Howard this game. We've got a Knicks preview coming up, some NCAA tournament quickies, and I think I think the satchel 
think we got to go into the satchel a little bit, get some NBA LOLs. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on a Monday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets Podcast. Don't sign him to a $40 million contract. <laughs> can you shoot? Well, that hold is on, the caveat. If he can shoot, I would, uh, would be good. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Nothing like the satchel of NBA LOLs, David, to cure that case of the Mondays. That's right. Maybe some people are sluggish. The satchel of NBA LOLs full of fun stuff from the NBA. Uh, This one happened out in Detroit. Don't know if you saw this video, David, but um, Ryan Archidiacono. Even I struggled with it. Ryan Archie Diacono hits a three here for Chicago in Detroit. And listen to the PA announcer. Don't listen to the the broadcaster, but listen to the PA announcer uh, call this play. Duck the music under a little bit more just to make sure we hear this. The Bulls get a three from Archie Diacono. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play it again. That's right. The Bulls get a three. Ryan. Ryan from Archie Diacono. Three. <laughs> That's a veteran move right there. He said he gives up that. on it. That. He says Ryan. Three. <laughs> you, you know why it's a veteran move, in, David? Because he doesn't Chicago? even attempt it. You know that yeah. would have been yeah, embarrassing yeah, yeah. if he had been like Archie, Archie, uh, um, Archie Dracula. No. Now he just says Ryan. Three, <laughs> and and he plays for Chicago, and that was in Chicago. Is that that was in Detroit? Yeah, that would have been really embarrassing. Okay, that okay. would have been no, that would have been amazing. That would have been next level had the Chicago had PA Chicago. announcer not been prepared for one of these G leaguers that Chicago is trotting out. Yeah, days. so you, then you can get by with it a little bit more. It's in Detroit. It's subdued, you know, when they announce the, the visiting players hit a bucket, it's it's typically in that fashion. So I'm sure his mom, or I'm sure he was waiting to hear his name, his last name called, but, you know, let's take one, just a first name, Ryan, three, Ryan. Ryan started the fire, dog. Hey, can I get a couple more things on this Mavs game before we get before we get to the New York recap? <laughs> Why not? I've got a I've got a, a secret for you about that Mavs game. Somebody on this call secret. bet on the Hornets minus three. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I've never gripped so hard this season watching a Hornets game as I did. Because let me take you back through the end of that game. Doug. Regular Leonard Hamilton, you are. <laughs> the Hornets were up. The Mavs came down, cut it to two. Again, the line is three. Uh, and then the tussle on the ground ended up when Marvin went to the line, nailed both of the free throws to give it a four-point margin. It was it was exhilarating. I'm, I'm back on the train. Uh, kids' tuition out the window. Oh, it's yes. going to be great. 
Uh, someone who's struggling right now to close this season is Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Would you agree with that, David? Really subdued. One of nine season, Doug. in this game. Two points. Mm. Post All Star break, he's averaging seven point four points. That's down from his nine point four average. Not great average. Talk about, talk about figuring out if you can make someone fit, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, forty-seven percent from the field. I like subdued. I was going to go faded into the shadows of this team. He's one of like you talk about great players with great performances against these bad teams late in the season to really carry the team. A part of part of why Kimba and Dwight have to be so great to beat such inferior competition is because you just don't know what you're going to get from Marvin Williams night to night late in the season. He was consistent. He was a consistent three point threat earlier this season, but lately. Uh, has been all over the place, and my, and you're getting nothing offensively from Michael Kidd Gilchrist. And what's strange yeah. to me, David, is it's even though that mid range jump shot has seemingly gotten more reliable than than in previous seasons, his free throw shooting is down. And that sort of free throw shooting, one of those things that's indicative of someone's shooting ability, and it's something that when he was remaking his shot, it started on the free throw line. You know, and and it's something that he practiced and improved on in in the first couple of seasons when he started to to rework that shot, and now we've seen a regression in that, and we've seen a retreat from the three point line, and I'm just wondering, like, is it? And and he's part of the reason why the Hornets play three out, two in. It's part of the reason why that that starting unit can't spread the floor and why teams can blitz Kemba at will at the end of games. So yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing to think about that. He's completely fitted in the background as you, as you stated. And it's bizarre. He looks, when I do see him out there, he looks frustrated, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's like, I don't want to paint him with a completely broad brush here, but uh, there are times when he just looks like he is frustrated, whether he's going to the line or going to the basket or something, or it's just something's not clicking. So um, I don't know, man, it's, it's tough. It was always going to be tough to really make him, part of you know a team that's trying to exist in the nba these days right like we've talked about it it's hard to have one guy out there on your starting five who is just not a threat when you've got two out there and and it's tough to space the floor as much as he gives you on defense which we haven't talked about a lot this year but i don't think it's been quite to the level of years past as far as like him being a dominant defender uh well they're certainly not doing any security promotions for all defense uh you want to do some ncaa tournament quickies we did these a a couple of of days ago we we just go through and give some quick thoughts on what's going on in the ncaa tournament david kick us off doug over the weekend you saw the duke blue devils slap the floor playing a zone defense something i've never seen before what were your thoughts on playing the zone slapping the floor to get a little intensity you got You got to space it out so that I can hit the guitar hit. Oh, my bad. All right, let's do it again. Do that same thing. Give me some spaces to hit the guitar. Over the weekend, you saw the Duke Blue Devils, traditionally a pressure man-to-man team, slapping the floor. (laughs) I say slapping the floor. (laughs) Playing zone. There we go. Now we're That's getting it. into a rhythm. I felt right. It's yeah. It was sh- as you said. It was shameful. 
What are we doing oh. playing zone defense with the game on the line? Getting your, as Raftery would say, getting your minimum. Yeah. All right, Leonard Hamilton, what are you doing? A lot of people think they know what you are doing. Cha-ching. Bottom line, you quit on a tournament game. Leonard Hamilton, brought to you by mybookie.ag. Uh, this young lady has gotten a lot of shine over the last couple of weeks, Doug. But Sister Jean, Stormy Daniels, yes. What's your <laughs> what's your NCAA tournament take on Stephanie Clifford? They asked Sister Jean what she <laughs> gave up for Lent. She said losing. <laughs> Wait, no, that's fake. No, it's real. No, it's fake. That's the answer. <laughs> no, it's fake. You you bit on the Twitter fake. That's, we can just say it's real. Who's going to check that? <laughs> it sounds so real. It's totally fake. I, I hate these kind of things on, on Twitter. It, because it, everyone immediately buys it. And see, Sister G doesn't know. That's a thing. When these, when these innocent, pure people... Mm-hmm. Get involved with social media. Not she's not involved in, it, but she's she gets immediately brought into the social media world. Yeah, and they they twist and conform them. Ugh. it's it's frustrating. I don't, I've stopped clicking on links, so now I just take everything at face value. Hey, what do you think about the Leonard Hamilton situation? So he doesn't call timeout, down mm-hmm. four, ten tenish seconds to play, and and after the game, he said, "Look, the game was over." He gets testy with. Dana Jacobson, who was, you know, doing her job, and and I don't really care about the whole. Oh, was he rude to her? Whatever. That's right. that's how. Look, when those sometimes it's pressure filled and people are frustrated and whatever. That's why. That's what makes the uh, Tony, uh, who am I thinking of? Bennett. Tony Tony Bennett from UVA. That that's what makes his interview so remarkable is that he was able to maintain that composure in such a difficult moment. But at the same time, he had a lot of time to process because <laughs> they were they were completely out of it for most of that game. But uh, Leonard Hamilton, what do you think about not calling timeout in that or, – or I'm sorry, not fouling in that situation? I think it's more likely that – it just got away from him, you know, like he just spaced but out. But how? The, that, that's, I don't know. that's what I don't understand. These coaches are such control freaks about these these games. It's it, and and when we watch it, it becomes rote, right? We look at these and go, "Why are they fouling? Why are they extending this game?" But really, when you see something like that happen, you go, "Oh, oh, that's why." Because if they don't do it, they look like. Either quitters or the the ultimate cynic would say, is there something shady going on? Right. Is there something fishy going on because the line was four and a half and they end up losing by four? So w- were, were there some some point shaving going on? I don't believe that at all. Nah. But but what I'm saying is you open yourself up to that when you when you don't do absolutely everything in a tournament game. If you lose, you go home. You're down four. Miracles happen all the time. This is the tournament. It's the time for crazy things like this to happen. And you see coaches all the time fouling in situations where everybody else is ready to go home. 
Everybody's ready to turn the channel, do something else, and you've got this coach continuing to foul and, and see if he can give his ch- team a chance to win. And Dana yeah. was right. The guy, if they foul, it doesn't matter if the, the, the guy's 80, 85% from the line for the season. You miss one, and it's a, it's a one-possession game. Yeah, I know. It's pretty crazy. It's crazy to see that happen on the on on the biggest stage too, because you're right. You build up that whole season and you try and do things. Uh, you, you think you would practice some of that too, like situations. But I, man, that's I just think he had a total lapse. I mean, that's the only thing I can come up with. They were down a bunch, right? Leading back to that, weren't they down ten or with like two minutes to go or something? So hadn't they staged a bit of a comeback? Right. And to not yeah. finish it out, it, it makes yeah. it even more agree. All right, these were supposed to be NCAA tournament quickies. I'm mm-hmm. sorry that that whole that whole sorry. episode really burned my biscuit. Yeah. Duke and Kansas, the game turned three times based on one player late in this game. It wasn't Marvin Bagley. It was Wendell Carter Jr. Also, that was a charge. <laughs> Couldn't have happened to a better team, though. Let me tell you. <laughs> Rascals. Uh, I mean, what is the takeaway from this tournament? Is it that they have no idea what charges are? Is it that these reviews are completely out of hand? Or is it that you have uh, NBA broadcasters calling uh, college games in the big, biggest moments of the year? Which, what's your takeaway? Uh, the th- the reviews are way out of hand. I really feel yeah. like that that's that's my number one takeaway from this whole thing because I don't tend to listen to the broadcast that carefully anyway. I usually have something else going on while I'm watching these tournament games. Well, you're just you have so much going but on. But yeah, these, the studying of the pixels and I, oh. I'm just looking at the television. I'm like, I I see like 17 hands and I can't see. <laughs> I don't understand what they're looking at. Just make a call and let's let's move on. Yeah, that absolutely. That's my takeaway. All right, yeah. I got one more. Uh, Jordan Poole, his game-winning shot gets rewarded with two minutes in the Elite Eight. Hero to zero points. Jordan Poole, one shining moment indeed. Michigan, you got you. Thanks for getting us there. Have a seat. <laughs> All right, that's NCAA tournament quickies. We're going to take another quick pause, and we'll be back. We'll <laughs> we'll, we'll be back. We will be back to preview tonight's game against the New York Knicks. You're listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. He is obsessed with Kawhi Leonard. He is obsessed he's with obsessed bringing with winning. an all-star to Charlotte. And he's lying. He's not telling the truth. He's lying. He's lying through his teeth. <laughs> you can't believe him. <laughs> Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. All right, Hornets take on the Knicks tonight in Charlotte. Tip set for 7 o'clock p.m. The Hornets played the Knicks in New York just a little over a week ago, and the Knicks scored 124 against the Hornets. Uh, That was the moment, David, I think, that we were all worried the Hornets had given up. That they had packed it in, and then they decided to start playing again. I mean, this game, I really only want to talk about a couple of things from this game because I think it's really – 
you know, just sort of tactically, I think it's all going to come down to rebounding. Uh, the Knicks are very good rebounding team when they get offensive rebound opportunities and second chance points, and and they kick out to some of their shooters. They've got a chance to put up big numbers, but normally they don't. So I mean, that the, the one twenty four was a, a shocking number for the Hornets to give up to the Knicks. So uh, if they just play a little bit of defense and rebound tonight, I, I think they've got a good opportunity to win. But what I really want to talk about are two things. One, first, the fact that Cody Zeller still out, David, listed as out for this game. Uh, he's been out with a while, a while with knee soreness, uh, stemming back to that knee injury early in the season. And uh, this is what Coach Clifford said uh, in response to a question about holding players out who may have some soreness, may be dealing with some injuries late in the year when – when the playoffs may be out of reach, why, you know, would you hold some of those players back? And here's what Clifford said to me, what I don't think is smart is Cody needs to play some. He hasn't played for a long time. Watch guys who don't play for, you know, they miss 40 games and come back. You know, you have to have some sense of rhythm. I think it's important. He plays here a little bit before the end of the year. Clifford was talking about getting Cody Zeller back two weeks ago. And, and here we are. He's still out. David, are you worried about this? <laughs> Nobody's paying attention to the Hornets and their situation with Cody Zeller like they are Kawhi Leonard in, in San Antonio. But but they are sort of two peas in a pod here in players being a little bit more cautious before mm-hmm. they get back out there uh, in, in certain situations. And with Kawhi, it's completely different because the Spurs are, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And he's their best player. Um, and so a real difference maker. The, the thing that's interesting to me is if there is a bit of opposing views on this from Clifford and, and Cody, like if Cody, I wouldn't really blame him, to be honest with you, for not wanting to come back this late in the game and just kind of get to the end of the season and then get right. But I think the other thing that worries you overall is just that he can't stay healthy. I mean, that's the theme of his career thus far. Like you can't count on him to play certainly a full 82 games. And We've talked about how important he is to this team. You know, two years ago, that was the whole thing. If he had been playing, they would have been a different team. But he still continues to be a big part of the core as of today. And anytime he can't get out there, man, it's just like, well, what are we to do? Because getting back to the Dwight Howard scenario or the situation there, you know, they've got to be making plans. And if they can't count on these guys or if they can't count on um, depend on the guys to fully be available, it makes everything that much more difficult. The other thing I want to talk about is Kimba Walker. He had 24 against the Mavericks on Saturday and hit four three-pointers as well. It was four of eight. He seems to have gotten his long-range stroke back. Uh, but he's averaging 22.9 points per game this season. Uh, that game, that 24 points, puts him now 51 points away from becoming the Hornets' all-time leading scorer over Del Curry. He said that he wants to get the record at home. The Hornets play tonight, and then they play Wednesday at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Should he and the rest of the Hornets work a little extra hard to make sure that he gets that record at home and not yeah. in Washington? Oh, I'll go, I'll go you one further. They should go for 51 tonight. Get it. Against the Knicks. Against the Knicks. It's Which would be team. perfect. Yes. It would be also kind of cool to do it against LeBron, I guess. But uh, I think a 50-point explosion to become the all-time leading scorer would be perfect for Kemba. 
LeBron has always been a player that you could count on to talk about how great Kemba Walker is and to really like one of the stars of the league that really appreciates, mm-hmm. I think, the the competitiveness, the fire, the fury that he's seen uh, from Kemba Walker. And, and, and I think he probably really respects Kemba's ability to get into the lane and cause havoc because uh, they're, they're two different beasts in how they do it. Kemba does it with his quickness, and LeBron does it with his strength and his quickness and everything right. <laughs> because he's LeBron James and he's amazing and he's 33 and he spends uh, one point. You know, five million dollars per year on his body. Did you see that report? No. Oh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. Matt Carter I didn't, says I didn't LeBron James it, spends I a million a and a half per year. That's a hell of a gym membership. I'll tell you that. That's they always get you. They get you <laughs> in with the free the free signing. You know, your first month. And then they're free, like and then a million and a half. <laughs> million and a half. Uh, hey, the other thing I'm looking for, Doug, if they can hold the Knicks under 100 points, that would be three games in a row holding opponents under 100 points after going almost a month without doing that. So, you know, maybe a little pride on the line there for the defense. We'll see. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. We're taking your questions on the Charlotte Hornets, the NBA, or anything. I'm watching The Wire right now, so if you have some Me questions too. about Season 1 or or the first half of Season 2, that's where I am right at this moment. I'm also reading Jonathan Abrams' book. I'm listening to it on audiobook, so I stop it. You know, each se- It sort of breaks it down season by season, so I'm waiting to finish Season 2 to listen to the next few chapters. But if you have wire questions, hit us. Uh, NCAA tournament questions. What else? I- I'm trying to learn guitar right now. Uh, so if you have some tips, off season. I know, man. I'm getting ready for the off season. I'm trying to learn some <laughs> new skills. I'm gonna play some. I'm gonna play some live music for us uh, at some point on the show. Uh, so if you have any tips on on how to learn guitar quickly, uh, hit us up on Twitter. It's Twitter Tuesday. Yeah, spread the love. Don't just. Ask, I mean, if you have Hornets questions, please ask them. But if you have other questions, we're kind of dipping our toes into uh, other other ponds at this point. Uh, so uh, let us know on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Follow us uh, on Instagram as well at Locked On Hornets. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and tell somebody and send us a uh, review as well on iTunes. Five stars helps us uh, get out to more hardcore Hornets fans like yourself. For David, I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm. Charlotte!